Welcome to the WP Tonic Podcast, brought to you by WPTonic.com, a WordPress maintenance and support service for business owners. We talk to the leaders in WordPress, business, and online marketing communities, bringing you insights on how to grow your business and achieve success. Welcome back, folks, to the WP Tonic Show. It's episode 387. We've got a fantastic guest, um, somebody that's got extensive knowledge in the WordPress community, and that's Lee Blue. And Lee, what I'm going to be discussing with Lee during this episode is um, how to hire a great WordPress developer for your learning management system or your membership site, his own experiences of running a membership site for over a year, what he's learned from that, and what he sees still as the strengths of WordPress compared to some of the leading SaaS competitors like Kajabi, ClickFunnel, or Teachable. So, um, Lee, um, can you quickly introduce yourself to the listeners and viewers? Awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much, Jonathan. It's great to be here with you. I really appreciate the invitation to join you here. So, uh, so basically, oh, I'm Lee Blue, and um, the main thing that I'm doing right now is I'm running DoubleStack, which is a training program for WordPress developers who want to do more than just the technical side of things. It's really, uh, the reason it's called DoubleStack is there's two areas of focus. There's the technical tools that you need to be able to really drive results for your clients. And then there's also the business development side. So like the marketing strategies to actually reach out to your ideal clients and the business structure that you need to be able to um, you know, sell like an upfront kind of build out of the tools as well as the recurring revenue that comes in and, and for more than just WordPress hosting and maintenance. And so uh, when you put all that stuff together, you end up with a really nice business that you can scale to five to $10,000 per month on your own as a, as a solopreneur, like freelancing WordPress developer. That's great. Unfortunately, Cindy Nicholson, my co-host, isn't with us. She's um, kind of based in Canada and her children have got the week off. And so she's dealing with her little tribe herself. But um, she'll be back soon, folks. So, Lee, let's get on with it. So, Liz, you're a client. um, You decided that WordPress is going to be a good solution for your membership stroke learning management system, you're either going to be using Lyft at LMS or LearnDash. How do you choose somebody to help you build this website, this platform? So the, the, one of the main things that I like to really focus on when, like, like on, when helping somebody to develop their WordPress consulting business is to pick a particular market to focus on. And if you're going to be the kind of person who wants to build WordPress learning management platforms for people, you know, look for somebody who knows how to do that, right? So somebody like Jonathan, for example, somebody who's got experience in doing it. And what the, the thing not to do, in my opinion, is to just try to find a random WordPress developer off of Upwork or Fiverr or something like that who has never built a learning management platform before and you know, have you be kind of the guinea pig or the first, the first at bat, so to speak, for doing that. And, uh, and because there's so many little nuances with building like like any kind of an online course that uh, that if you're doing it for the first time, you don't have really any experience. You don't really know what to look for. You don't know what to set up. You know, like the the whole sales funnel for getting people onboarded in the first place, and you know, announcing updates, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you, you kind of have to know how to do that. And if it's if you're trying to hire someone who's never done it before. It's, it's it's not usually the ideal situation. No, so I, I think um, 
Now, on the other hand, we've all been there, haven't we, Lee? You know, we've all t- taken a project which was our first project in that area. But um, as long as you're upfront and honest about it, um, but I do agree with you, you know, um, finding somebody that specialises in that particular area is probably a good starting point because um, they, they've got, They've tried the tools. They should have done their research. They've got. Um, they should have other people that can help and advise them and be able to bring them in. Um, I'm not an active front end developer now. Um, I'm mostly the project manager and the marketer and the face of my company. But I've got a lot of resources. Um, people that specialise with me in the learning management area and I can bring on a, a very experienced team or I have got an experienced team that works with me all the time. So that's what you're, that's what you're hoping to hire and buy in, buying in. Would you agree with that? Oh, yeah, ab- absolutely. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more. Like to, to, to experience... To, to to get somebody who has the experience to to know what to know how to lead you to their success that you're really looking for. It's one thing to just like mash up a bunch of plugins and make something work. It's another thing to to connect with someone who can actually present a path to success for you that is going to be outside of your ability to kind of develop on your own. So like if you go to just Upwork or something like that and say, "Hey, I need a WordPress developer to build like a learning management platform for me," then you have to tell them what to do. And the problem is, you don't know what to say. Now, when you get in touch with someone like Jonathan, who has this whole team here, they'll tell you what you need to do to be successful. And that's a dramatically different thing. I, I think you've put that, obviously, because of your extensive experience, you put that so succinctly. And it's the fundamental thing that people don't understand when they're hiring um, people, freelancers, either domestic or offshore, is that um, if they don't have that knowledge, you're, you're, you are expected to know what precisely you want and be able to communicate that in an effective, clear way. And if you can't, the project is just going to go on and on and on and be very much over the initial um, estimate of what it would cost in time and money. Would you agree with that, Lee? I totally agree. And not only that, but who knows if you've even gone in the right direction. I mean, have you ever heard the story about, you know, all the guys that are in the jungle and they've got the machetes and they're whacking their way through the, through the woods and everything. And, you know, they're making great progress. And then finally somebody climbs up a tree to kind of look out to see where they're going. And the guy realizes, hey, you know what? We're going in the wrong direction. So he shouts out, hey, we're going in the wrong direction. We got to go the other way. And then the guy at the front of the line with the machete is like, but we're making so much progress. <laughs> and it's like, what difference does it make? If You don't really know if you're really going to get where you're going if you just start whacking at it and start heading you know, as fast as you can. What you really need is somebody who knows how to, how to tell you what you need to put in place to get success. And if you've never run any sort of a, like a training program or an online course before, you don't really know. And I'll also point out too, by the way, that that's like if you're on the developer side of all of this, yeah, that's why nobody's nobody's paying you any money really to do it. That's why it's so inexpensive. Nobody has confidence in the plan if it's up to the client, like up to the person wanting to run the program to put the plan together if they've never done it before. And there's a difference between feeling happy about the meeting and enjoying the personal interaction 
and feeling confident in the plan. Because you could be a really nice person and really you know, wanting to do the best work. And you know, there's a malice. You're not trying to hurt anybody. It's just that when you show up asking questions that your client doesn't know the answers to, and then they have to provide the answers, and then you expect them to pay a lot of money for that, there's a, a huge disconnect because there's no leadership. And without leadership, there's no confidence. And without confidence, nobody's really willing to invest anything in the plan because they don't know if it's going to be a good return. And that, that's really where things tend to fall off for developers. Yeah, that, that tension, that, that scenario that you've just described, I've been part of that um, has been brought in. And it's been obviously the agency that's brought me in has absolutely no idea of what, <laughs> how to get the project actually finished. And that's why they brought me in um, because it's got to that terrible area where they're not terrible horrible people and but it's just got to there's absolutely no confidence that the actual project is going to get finished and it's a terrible feeling isn't it yes yeah it really is and even if it did get finished who knows if, it, if the end result is what you really need oh well we 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 we're drawing a nice picture here Lee. Uh, um, so, <laughs> so um let's let's move on um and talk about the SaaS solutions so um, I think over the past, uh, and I'm interest, really interested to see what your thoughts about this. I just put this scenario to you. I think WordPress has been in a great deal of flex and change over the past 18 months with the introduction and the maturing of page builders. And then on mm-hmm. top of that, we've had Gutenberg on top of what, um, the page builders like Beaver Builder and Animator have been doing with Divi. Um, so some of the some of the complaints around WordPress about being able to do minor changes or um, add content that looked modern um, have been removed in the past eighteen months. Some of the frustrating barriers to a lot of entrepreneurs and clients. And then at the same time, it's seen that um, things like Kajabi or ClickFunnel offer, you know, a really easy solution. But in my experience, they don't. Um, But on the other hand, I haven't quantified how to explain the strengths of WordPress compared to things like Kajabi in a fair way. Have you got any thoughts around this? Or do you think I'm just dribbling really, Lee? No, I think you're, you're hitting on some really important points. Um, I actually caught up with, with Matt Mullenweg a couple of years ago. And uh, he and I started talking a little bit about the future of WordPress. I think it was, I think it was 2016. I might've, it might've been, it was, uh, yeah, I think it was 2016. We were at, at WooConf and I was actually doing a, I was presenting there and, and Matt was there and we had a chance to just talk for a little bit after the presentation. And um, we got to talking about what's the future of WordPress? What, where's it going to go? What's going on? And he said a really surprising thing to me. Uh, it, was, it was surprising to me at the time. And he said, you know, our biggest competition is like Wix right now. And, you know, I really feel like, and this is before Gutenberg was really even out there. And he's like, I really feel like our, our you know, our page building tools and the, the way that people actually, the workflow for publishing something really needs to kind of, you know, get ramped up and, and something more like, like Medium or, or Wix where like with those really graphical, easy block section page builders. And, uh, and the reason that I found that so surprising was because he thought, uh, he thought like the main audience for WordPress 
were people who might otherwise build a Wix website. And the reason that it surprised me so much is because almost everyone I know that builds WordPress websites, they're kind of like developers. I mean, they're not necessarily to the point where they're like writing code or whatever and like building themes from scratch. Consultant, consultant designer types, aren't they? It's not the actual, actual business owner that's trying to build their own website most of the time. It's usually somebody that's coming along as a WordPress consultant helping the business owner. And that's what I viewed as like the main audience. And so now Gutenberg is in there. And what I'm hearing from all the WordPress developers that I'm, that I'm connecting with is it's getting in the way. It's causing, it's causing some problems and that they just disable it and put the classic editor back in place. And so, um, and that's kind of, that's kind of interesting. It seems like there's really two different audiences. One, like the guy that's selling pins or cutting boards or whatever, and they want to kind of talk about maybe WordPress to make publishing available. There are people that know a lot about the internet. You know, they know a lot. They're kind of digital marketing. I mean, they know about Facebook ads. They know about Google ads. They know about responsive design. They know, they, they, might, they might not know enough to actually code it up from scratch, but they know what it is, how to get that kind of, you know, those types of features built into a site. And that's a lot more than the average guy who just wants to be a blogger. And so I think there's two groups and that's kind of an interesting thing. I know that. What you talk talked about, you also talked about little now the Actually, having to use third-party plugins, doing a lot of JavaScript um, extension coding, it actually turned into more of a Frankenstein than if we had used WooCommerce. Um, but if you're looking at just a bog-standard kind of Woo um, e-commerce solution, I probably would say go and look at Shopify rather than WooCommerce. But then on the other hand, I've never come across a bog standard project, really. I don't know. I'm very confused about how to explain that to people. Have you got a bit more clarity? About, maybe? about how to set up like an e-commerce store? For, well, for the, you know, how do you make a decision if you're going to go with either Shopify or WooCommerce or if you're going to go with Kajabi or ClickFunnel, or you should go with a WordPress solution. Okay, well, uh, I know a lot more about the Shopify WooCommerce thing than I do about, I've never used Kajabi before. Uh, I've looked into ClickFunnels, and actually I, I went to one of Russell Brunson's like talk things at one a point. A fantastic marketer. Yeah, really, really. Uh, he got, kind of got me hooked in with that free book that he offers. Like, you know, he, he has that whole sales funnel with the, the free plus shipping kind of, approach where you get the book. So I got the book. It was really interesting. And it's a great book. I mean, it's, I mean, even if all you want is the book, that's a pretty good deal. But, uh, but I've never actually signed up for a ClickFunnels account or a Kajabi account or anything because I haven't really, I, I like to build, I like to have more control over it. Like I, 
I know how to do that. I've been building websites for 17 years. And so I'm not really their target audience. Like, like you go to the ClickFunnels website, and it's like, hey, you know, do all this stuff and you're not handcuffed to a developer. And I'm like, I am the developer. <laughs> and that's okay. But, but when it comes to e-commerce, I know a ton about that because I've been running an e-commerce platform for 10 years and, and my membership site is powered by my own platform, which is Cart66. And uh, the interesting thing about Cart66 was that uh, we were around in the very, very beginning before there even was such a thing as WooCommerce. In fact, uh, the, the folks at Automatic used Cart66 to power the WP Swag Store up until they decided to go with, uh, with you know, acquiring... Woo themes, which, which brought WooCommerce into the mix. And the reason that they made the decision was a really good one, which was they had a lot of physical products that they wanted to ship and they had a, a fair amount of inventory for it. They were doing international orders and Cart66 was never really intended for that. And so, um, and same thing with Shopify. So WooCommerce and Shopify, I think, kind of play in the same space, which is targeting people that have physical products as opposed to digital products, memberships, or subscriptions. I don't even think you can do subscriptions through Shopify. I don't think, but maybe you can. Um, and, and wanting to be able to list all the products, like sort by category, have catalogs, you know, sort by ratings and pricing and alphabetically and all of these different things, kind of like in Amazon or something, where you just have like a ton of products. And, um, and both of those two platforms are similar in that. The thing that's really cool about WooCommerce that kind of like you were talking about with Shopify, is like if what Shopify has, and you, you can kind of just like get in there and, and do it and you're happy with it, then awesome. If you want to change it, not so awesome. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> but, and, and kind of the opposite is true with, with WooCommerce. It's like, nobody just wants, you know, the free version of WooCommerce. You know, you have to add some plugins into the mix. Whereas with Shopify, it's like, you know, the base stuff that you get is, is what a lot of people can use. Whereas with WooCommerce, like if you've got a really specific need, you know, like say you sell something like wine, and you can't ship it to anybody who's under 18. And you have to therefore do like address verification and things like that. You know, there's stuff like that that's just not in Shopify. And if you need to get that in there, that's a hard thing to do. Whereas with WooCommerce, there's plugins available for that. So, um, so that's kind of where I land with, you know, between those two things. Like if you're fine with the base stuff in Shopify, just go with it. If you need something a little bit, you know, more unique or custom, you know, you know, get WooCommerce in the mix. Yeah, I think just to wrap up our first half, I think you've put that and it applies to Kajabi or ClickFunnel, is the problem is you've got to have the knowledge to know, is the bog standard solution really going to fit my business model right now? Because otherwise I'm going to go into a SaaS solution and I'm going to spend time and money on it and I'm going to find... Uh, it doesn't really do what I really need and I, I've spent all this time and money. But being that you don't know that if it's your first um, attempt, it's exactly the same as e-commerce. So really hiring somebody to give you that knowledge or that advice can probably save you a lot of frustration, can't it, Lee? Oh, absolutely. I totally agree. Right. We're going to go for our break, folks. We're coming back. We're going to be discussing with Lee his own journey with his own membership um, solution, what he's learned over the past, I, I think, year, 18 months. It's going to be a great conversation. We'll be back in a few moments. 
Do you want to spend more time making money online? Then use WP Tonic as your trusted WordPress developer partner. They will keep your WordPress website secure and up to date so you can concentrate on the things that make you money. Examples of WP Tonic's client services are landing pages, page layouts, widgets, updates, and modifications. WP Tonic is well known and trusted in the WordPress community. They stand behind their work with full, no question asked, 30 day money back guarantee. So don't delay. Sign up with WP Tonic today. That's WP Tonic.com. Just like the podcast. We're coming back, folks. Before we go into the second half of the conversation with Lee, I like to mention one of our great sponsors, and that's Kinster Hosting. And we um, host the WP Tonic website on Kinster. Kinster uses Google Cloud as their platform, but what you get is you get all the power of Google Cloud in a very usable interface, and you get superb 24-7 support from people that really know what they're talking about when it comes to WordPress and hosting. And you don't get that with a lot of companies. Um, They're also um, of the specialized WordPress hosting providers. I think they're offering some of the best value at the present moment um, in their starter plan. And they're just a superb company to work with. I know the founder, the uh, financial officer and the marketing officer of the company. And they're all great people with have built up a great business in the WordPress hosting area. So if that's interesting to you as a, either as a consultant, a developer or a power client, superb solution for WooCommerce, for a learning management and membership website, go to kinster.com and find out more about them. So Lee, as we were chatting before we went live with the show, you decided to go into the e-learning training area and start your own membership site. So what are some of the fundamental things that have surprised you on this journey so far? Hmm. Well, there's there's the technical side of things, and then there's the business side of things. I think we go, we go in the business side, shall we? Okay, so the business side of things that has been surprising is um, there's so many people out there who are sort of, um, they want to have their own business. They want to, so, so the surprising thing to me with regard to the particular training program that I'm putting forth in terms of the, the membership side of things is that there's so many people that really want their own business. They're, they're stuck in the, uh, you know, they're, they're feeling a lot of financial pressure to try to do something about things, but yet they're insisting on doing it by themselves. Like they, they refuse to reach out for help. And one of the things, like, I know there's a ton of membership sites out there and the, you know, the kind of the point behind them is to help people not be by themselves. And the surprising thing to me is how many people kind of just insist, like if, if, if it's not free, they don't want to be part of it. And consequently, they, they stay stuck. And in fact, even dig deeper into the hole. Whereas if they just reach out and join a community of folks that really want to help them and, and have done it before, then the, their mindset will shift. And you can't grow a business that's bigger than your mindset. And I think that that's one of the most surprising things that I, I didn't realize people didn't realize. Because if, if, you, know, if, you, if you don't have the, the, the mindset to actually grow a business, You'll never grow the business. Won't grow itself, 
And it's very, very difficult to shift that by yourself. And if you're, if you're not willing to kind of join a community to get the help you're looking for, then you stay stuck. And the surprising thing is how many people just insist on staying stuck. And it's kind of, it's kind of been a frustrating thing um, in terms of, because you know you've got what it takes to help them. They just, they just are uncoachable, I guess, is what it comes down to. So you think there, are, there is a minority of people that are uncoachable? They seem to be. It, it, it seems to be. And like, I was this way too. So I'm not like pointing the finger at, you know, everybody and, and saying that I'm different. Like I have the mentality that, hey, you know what? I'm just going to dig in and I'm going to figure it out. I can do this. I, I'm smart enough to figure this out. You know, uh, I just do it on my own. And, and I kind of resist wanting other people to, to help. You know, I, I kind of have that inclination. And so do so many other people, especially in the WordPress community. Like, and that's one of the things that's awesome about the WordPress community to, this, to the point where it's like, there's so many people that are resourceful and they can like dive in and figure stuff out and just kind of, you know, make things happen. And that's why the community and the, the ecosystem has evolved so rapidly and so powerfully. Like the stuff that used to be hard is now easy because people have come up and made, made plugins for that. And, you know, like the Kinsta hosting, like, you know, you've got the, you know, the stuff like the backups and the staging sites and the security and like getting Google Cloud into the mix. You know, it used to be really hard to pull that off. People have now said, hey, you know what? Let's make it easy. And so now people that otherwise wouldn't need help can still do all of those things by themselves. And so I think that's kind of brings this momentum where people feel like they can do everything by themselves to a fault. And, um, and I think that's kind of one of the, the biggest surprises. Like I, I didn't realize that was going to be the case. And, right. and it seems to be. So as we were discussing, you know, you have though managed to build a very quite successful um, membership um, platform in your target audience. So you found that some of those aren't um, coachable. How did you find the people that were, you were able to help Lee? So the way that, the way that I've done my membership program, which I think is, is significantly different from others, is I don't go for volume. Like I don't just try to get anybody to sign up. And, uh, and, and in fact, in order to get into the program, we need to talk in some way, like we, whether we meet up at a WordCamp or we get on the phone or through Facebook or something, uh, because it's invitation only. Because I don't want people, there's two reasons. I don't want people to join the program thinking that they're going to get something out of it that I'm not putting into it, right? Like, it's, uh, like if they, like I, a lot of times people will hear me say, oh, you know, make $10,000 a month as a WordPress developer all by yourself, you know, work from home. And people are like, oh, great, I'll just build plugins and write JavaScript and stuff all day long. And that's not at all what the programs. You don't write any code in the, in the core. I mean, maybe a little CSS or something, but we're not building plugins and themes and stuff like that. It's much more of a business-minded thing. Like, what can we do to drive business results for people? And you've got the technical chops to pull it together. And uh, and so, like, I want to make sure that people want that. Like, that's you know, that's kind of the outcome. And so, we we talk about that to see, hey, is this going to be a good fit? And then I'll, I'll legitimately ask people, I'll be like, are you in fact coachable? Like, before you get in the program, I, there's like three different traits that I want to make sure people have. And like, I want to make sure that they're committed because if I'm going to show up and, and, you know, spend the next, it's an eight week course, the next eight weeks, you know, putting, pouring hundred percent of my energy into helping you build your business and you're not responding to my emails or you don't care. That's no good. Coachable is another thing. Like if I'm saying, Hey, here's what works. This is what, like, literally I was just on an interview last a couple of days ago with Brian. Brian's been in the program three weeks. He's made $24,600 starting at zero, a huge shift. 
Uh, there's a uh, Charlie made 25 grand in six weeks. Another lady, Jessica, went from being a full-time school teacher to a full-time web designer in about seven weeks. Uh, another lady, Valerie, has a part-time job making about $26,000 a year. Now she's making almost 100000 on the same part-time hours. In fact, we were just talking yesterday. Her biggest problem now is she has too many clients doing too much work. She needs to scale. And so like, if you're, if, I'm going to tell you how to do that. And if you're, but if you resist doing that, that's going to be a big, big frustrating thing. And so like come in and, and just do what works to make a difference. So coachable is another thing. And then resourceful is the third thing, which is like kind of like we were talking about before. It's like, if you're going to show up expecting me to do it all for you, that's not going to, that's not going to work. It's really critically important to me that the people I work with learn the skills to be able to do the kind of stuff themselves. I do it with you, not for you. And so I legitimately say, you know, if I invite you into this program, do you feel like those three traits apply to you? And if they say no, then it's, it's not going to be a good fit. Kind of like you were talking about before, like there's certain people that are just not a good fit for, for working with you. And so, you know, so that's kind of how I, I sort of make sure that people get results. Like first, they want to make sure that, they're, that, the, that the goals that they have, the vision they have for themselves is what I can help with. And if it's not, I'll say, I'm just totally open about that. Because so many people want to be like, you know, build, build their own Wix platform, but power it with WordPress, you know, sell like $100 websites, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it's like, that's not what we're teaching here. If you want to, if you have an idea that you feel like it's good, you know, I'm not telling you not to do it. I'm just telling you not to do it here. Like I can't help with that. And so, uh, so that's kind of the first thing. And then actually to make sure people have the traits for success. I think that's a really critical role to, to kind of like filtering out, you know, who's a good fit and who's not. I think um, I think it's fantastic what you've just said, and I just want to um, make sure that I'm, I've absorbed some of that fantastic knowledge you've just given us. And I think that's in your membership site. Don't be scared about not wanting to attract everybody. You're not there to attract everybody. You're there to attract the right people that will benefit from your course because then your course will grow because the people that first enter it have found value and they will tell other people that you provide value. So it's counterintuitive when you're starting because obviously you want to start making money for the, you know, for the membership site, but not taking everybody in and pre-identifying those that are uncoachable or not a good fit it's just as important as attracting the right people. Have I got the right gist there, Lee? Absolutely. I think you're right on. I also think, as a side note, we can talk about it later, is that also applies to web developers. Like, you know, if you're going to build a website for somebody, you want to make sure it's a good relationship and that you're being, you know, intentional about building the business you want with the clientele that you want so that when you wake up in the morning, you're totally jazzed to go to work instead of, oh, good grief, I got to you know, listen to these people holler at me all day. You know, you, you don't want that. So I think it really applies in a, in a variety of areas. And um, so um, when you've been, when you, how long did it take you to build the syllabus of the course, the basic outline? And how much have you had to change that um, with the first few groups that have entered the course? And um, can you give some insights about that, Lee? Yeah, it took me, um, probably took me maybe six months to really build the course. Now, if I had done it like all day long, full time, every single day of the week or whatever, I probably could have cranked it out a little faster. But I, was, I have other things kind of going on at, at the same time. And so I couldn't devote like my full time to like building the course. But like I, I took some serious time. There's probably 45 different individual lessons or so in there. 
And then another thing that I do is I'll add like every week I get in there and do like a live training session. And, um, and that is based like as people go through the program, like, like legitimately, like just right before we got on this, this conversation, I added another program to the course because I was talking to some people that were just newly enrolled. And it's gotten to the point now where there's so much information and so many things that you can be learning that people are like, I need, I need a, I need a better path than this. I need, I need a you know, step-by-step plan for making some progress. And so uh, when we did our live training session yesterday, I went through like, like let's not let's not lose focus for what we're really doing. And here's a really simple plan to get started. And so like I add that kind of stuff into the mix. So it's constantly evolving based on the needs that people have as we're interacting kind of live and people are asking me questions and that sort of a thing. So there's that part. But the core part of what really matters has always been consistent. And like the, the main thing is driving results for people. And I think that applies to a learning management platform or a website in general, even an e-commerce, whatever. Nobody really wants like just to have some kind of a membership site. They want a membership site that makes an impact for people. And so when you focus on the impact, the results, the outcomes, then everything else sort of follows suit. I think you're spot, so spot on. We're going to wrap up the podcast part of the show. Hopefully Lee's going to stay on with us for a little while and we have some bonus content, which you can view the whole interview on the WP Tonic um, YouTube channel with the bonus content, plus on the WP Tonic website and with a full transcription of the interview with links. Um, for the podcast part, Lee, uh, we're going to wrap it up. How is the best way to find out more about you, what you're up to and your thoughts, Lee? Sure. Yeah. So there's a couple of great ways to do it. The best way, just head over to doublestack.net and, uh, and you'll, you'll see me right there. That's, that's, the, that's the online course powered by WordPress and Card66. And, you know, just send me an email through the contact form. Check it. There's, there's probably 70 free training sessions if that's something that you want to check out. Uh, but I also have a, a Facebook group, which is also free. It's called Building High Value WordPress Sites. And so you can just hop over there and, you know, join us there. And, and I'll, I'll do live training sessions every Tuesday there. And uh, so that's another way we can get in touch. So if you just hop over to doublesack.net, you'll find all kinds of ways to get in touch. Oh, that sounds great. And if you want to find out more about WP Tonic and our services, go to the WP Tonic website. Um, we've been doing the podcast now for over five years, I've been told. Uh, um, and we've interviewed some of the biggest marketing people in, in marketing, online marketing, and also in WordPress. So it's a fantastic resource, depending if you're a client, consultant, designer or developer, you'll find some great information there. And if you're looking for help with a learning management system, I'm easily available, folks. We'll see you next week where we have another great guest with insights about learning management systems, WordPress, or getting an online business going and successful. We'll see you next week, folks. Bye. Thanks for listening to WP Tonic, the podcast that gives you a spoonful of WordPress medicine twice a week.